0: So I was given a a wonderful topic of being rewarded by the Father. I believe it was Duncan's fault that I need to talk on this. Um, In the culture that we live in, the church culture that we live in, we focus a lot on grace, and that is a wonderful thing. But the Bible talks a lot about reward for our obedience and our behavior, And so that's what I'm going to dig into today. I've had to dig into it deep, so uh, David's promised me he's going to check my theology. Um, I've I've tried to keep it as biblical as possible, um, because I want the Word of God to speak into our hearts on this issue. I want to invite invite you into my Friday morning. Uh, So my Friday morning started at 6.30. We have a prayer meeting every Friday morning at 6.30. This time it was online. And there's a guy called Clive there, who I dearly love, leads a church down in Islington. And he shared this story. He shared a story that there was a woman with diabetes in his church, or not in his church, a mum of someone in his church. And she's been losing her eyesight little by little. Uh, One of her eyes had basically gone and the other one was slowly going um, because of scar tissue caused by diabetes. And then this week she's had a vision of Jesus. And Jesus has put his hand out towards her and he said, I am all you need. This woman is not a believer, not a Christian. And so she brings it to her son, who is a believer. And her son was like, oh, come on. I think that's Jesus speaking to you. Can we pray for you? And so they pray for her. Do you know what? Eyesight restored, scar tissue gone. This woman can see afresh. This woman is is like, wow, what's going on? The doctors are like, wow, what's going on? This is an incredible story of God's goodness breaking in, his kingdom breaking into this world. It's so good hearing stories like that. And then I, I finished that call. We prayed. We worshipped. 9.30, I log into another meeting. And the next meeting is a funeral. And it's a funeral of a lady that we've been praying for for the last eight months. Um, she, at the funeral was out in Uganda. Her sister's part of our church. Um, But she was diagnosed with cancer, um, breast cancer. She was told last Friday, not not Friday, Friday before, um, that it had spread to her liver and her brain, and that without a miracle, nothing could be done for her. We prayed with her, we prayed for her over Zoom, uh, and she was obviously in a lot of pain and she was struggling in her bed. And then on the Saturday, she passed away. Isn't life like that as a Christian? You know, the glory moments and the what <laughs> moments. You know, as you watched a funeral and her, this lady was 32 years old and her children laid a wreath on her, uh, on her coffin, a four- and a five-year-old. And you just think, God, what? 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 <laughs> like, this, what is going on in this broken world? But I just felt the kingdom is like that Sometimes. There's his majesty and his break-in moments where you see God's glory come and fall in open blind eyes and salvation come and healing and restoration. And then there's these mystery moments. And I think that there's something in the pleasures of the Sermon of the Mount to talk to us about that. And so I'm very thankful that you're doing this series because after this funeral, I managed to sit down and open the, the, the book and, and just read what Jesus said. And it just built faith. So let me just read Matthew 5, verses 2 through to, um, I'm going to go through to 16. Jesus opened his mouth, or it says, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. They're just such powerful, rich words, aren't they? Such beauty and such, like, gloriousness. And it talks about what I was talking about before. It talks about this kind of contrast of kingdom and the kingdom of earth that we're physically living in. The beauty of the kingdom of heaven, the blessedness of knowing God, the blessedness of knowing him. But the pain of being on the earth and the morning and the... And I think before I go into talking about rewards, I just wanted to put something out there. There's a gospel that is quite strong in the West at the moment, and it's called the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel would teach you this. You can have health and wealth, and that's what life's all about. There's an idolatry in it, because the health and the wealth and the material things become your idol, the things that you worship. The rewards from God, according to what they teach, become what you worship. And then your life gets defined by the the things that you're worshipping. The money, the material, the the jets that you get to go on. And I just want to warn you that that is a false gospel. That is a, a gospel that takes some verses out of scripture, out of context, rips them out of the word of God and ignores the rest of them. You have to know this, that despite situations sometimes, despite what's going on all around you, despite the storm, Jesus is with you. His blessedness is upon you. His presence is here with you. And that has to be the foundation of, before we go anywhere else, if you know Jesus Christ, he has rescued you, saved you, he loves you, he cherishes you, he's with you. His power is upon you. His kingdom is there. Isn't that such a beautiful thing? And it's not about your earthly wealth or even your health. You could be sick, and yet God is upon you and with you in a more present way. Do not listen to the lies of the prosperity gospel. Do not get drawn into this health and wealth. Do not get drawn into that. And I wanted to give that warning before before going into the rewards of God. Because God does promise reward, but not in the way that gospel promises reward. Any gospel that you believe, any good news that you believe that draws you away from looking like Jesus, being like Jesus, getting to know Jesus is no gospel at all. And you have to reject it. Now, that's quite a heavy way to start a sermon, isn't it? It's not not exactly the lightest of, of topics, but it's important because the world needs to see a contrast. The world needs to see a contrast from who they are. You see, the world that we live in is very material. It's only material. It's, well, if I can't see it, it can't be true. But that isn't what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that there's unseen realities, realms and heavenly kingdoms all around us. The spiritual world is here and real and active. There is much more than the material. God has much more than the material for us. And the people of the world need to see it. They need to see that we don't you know, despite hardship, despite trouble, despite good times, despite bad times, the thing that we worship is Jesus. The, the person that we glorify is him. We, we come to God and we worship him and we, we love him because of or despite of. <laughs> he is the glorious foundation that we live our life on. His power at work in us. He is the one that we live our lives for. There is no other foundation And the world will see it. A lot of you will know Phil Moore, who leads a church down in, or he used to, in Wimbledon. And I was reading his commentary on on this. And he was saying that is the exact reason he came to faith. You know, he was an arrogant, prideful man. This is what he says, not me. (laughs) You can read his words. I'm quoting them. But he said, I saw the church and they had something that I did not have. They had a satisfaction that I could not grasp in anything else. A deep down satisfied soul. And I was like, what is that? And it brought him to faith because I need to explore that. I need to find out what this is about because I don't have that satisfaction in my soul. The, The world needs to see a church that is satisfied in Jesus. That is satisfied in him. It needs the contrast. It talks about salt and it talks about light. Both, both things are contrasting things. So light contrasts darkness. The world needs to see the contrast of our lives. And it will attract them people. And that doesn't mean a, you have to have a perfect life. In fact, it, ha- it means that actually you just have to have a trusting life. However, we can't get away from this aspect. That God is a God who rewards. He's a bountiful God, an abounding God, a kind God, a generous God, a a God with an outstretched arm. And as you come to know him more, you just get to know this God of bountifulness. And actually, he can't help but reward. You know, as you get to know the Father, as you abide in him and him in you, you just can't get away from this. Kind of joy and peace and love and even he sometimes gives material things. <laughs> we can't completely diva- go away from material because the material was created in order for us to see God. It says that in Romans one, as we see creation, it reveals more of the nature of who God is. I'm kind of going off script. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> get there. I'll get there. Are you a teacher? <laughs> you can go to the next one. There you go. I've read that bit. <laughs> Well, no, I'm a bit worried you might. Anyway, let's not get there. <laughs> so, what does it mean here when Jesus says in verse 12? He says, Your reward is great in heaven. What does he mean? That's it. No, that's not a real question. I'll tell you. As Christians, we need to have, and I think this is on not the next one, but the next one. We have an ultimate reward, an amazing reward, an incredible reward of eternal life, of a life where we have eternity with God. Let's just read these verses. These are really small. How good your eyesight? If not, get your Bible out because it's good. Revelation 21 is talking about the, the end times when Jesus will... No, he'll he'll create a new heaven and a new earth. And it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. That is a glorious scripture, a glorious scripture, that we have eternity dwelling with God, getting to know God in, it is very present. It goes on later on to say that we won't need the sun anymore. Why? Because God will be our light. He will be our light constantly, there with us. He will be so present that His light will shine into our lives constantly. We will have an eternity with God, assured by Him. We have the ultimate reward in Jesus Christ. We will get to know Him more and more. Psalm 16 tells us this. It tells us that that there's this glorious reward that we get to know God forevermore. It's wonderful that we have this ultimate reward in Jesus. All who believe in Jesus will be saved. We'll go to an eternity, and that eternity is spent with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwelling with us. How glorious is that? We have to have this kind of gloriousness of this Jesus that has died on a cross us, for us, who's died on that cross But now is ruling and reigning in heaven and seated in all authority and all angels and everything created and uncreated. Worship him. And we will be gathered around that throne, worshipping him for an eternity. We will be in the new heaven and the new earth constantly getting to know this incredible God. The ultimate reward is our eternal life. And that helps us to get rid of some of the kind of like, oh, I need to have health. I need to have wealth. Because actually, this lady who died, she knew Jesus. And so she was welcomed into this eternity. She's now with Jesus in paradise, enjoying him forever, worshipping and singing praises to him. It is glorious, my friends. To know Jesus is glorious. And it's your ultimate reward, getting to know him for eternity. Paul says it in Philippians 3, I count everything else as loss because the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Everything else, anything else, worthless compared to that gem. Worthless compared to that treasure. Jesus Christ. The ultimate reward that we have is eternal life. Amen. But but that is not where scripture ends on rewards. And we can't end there either. The next slide is going to be really hard to read. I'm really sorry. I hope you've got your bibles because these verses are really powerful. Now I want to set the good old kind of, these are the verses that we live on, okay? For by grace you have been saved, this is Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10, for grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus for good works, and God prepared, that God prepared us beforehand for, that we should walk in them. Our salvation is by believing in Jesus and the work that he has done and completed. He said it's finished and he's done it. You believe in Jesus, you are saved. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. But it carries on, doesn't it? And it says that there is good works for us to do while we're here. That he has prepared an eternity. And each one of us will have good works that he has prepared for us to do. And then it says this in Revelation 22. It says, behold, this is Jesus speaking, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense or my reward with me to repay each one for what he has done. That's Jesus speaking about the works that he has given to us and that he will reward us for doing those works. Jesus says that I'm going to come back and I'm going to reward you for the works that you've done. 1 Corinthians 3. This is Paul. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We are saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. The foundation of everything that we do is Jesus Christ. I can't say that enough. Now, if anyone builds a foundation on a foundation with gold or silver or precious stone, wood, Straw, each one's work will become manifest in the day sorry i have got a bit lost in that each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives he will receive a reward If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. These verses have got my mind racing. (laughs) If my ultimate reward is being with Jesus, that's where my satisfaction has been all these years. And now I'm reading this and saying, actually, maybe there's further reward in heaven for the works that I do for God on earth today. And that's what Paul is teaching here. Paul is teaching that actually the good works that we do in Jesus will be rewarded. And there's another story, and we were talking in the car. Sorry, I didn't introduce my friends. Jebson and Diana. They're wonderful people. You can talk to them. They're very friendly. We were talking about this, the, the parable of the talents. God has given each one of us a talent. He's put things inside of us. He's created good works for us to do. It's funny, we hadn't spoken about what I was preaching on today, and Diana was saying, Oh, I was just thinking about the parable of the talents this morning. And it's just this kind of in that story that Jesus told, he says this. He says that actually those who invest their talents wisely, those that do the things, use the things that I've put inside of them for me, will be rewarded with more responsibility and authority in heaven. (laughs) Mind-blown. The heavenly realms are mind-blowing. I don't even know what that means. Surely it's good enough just to be with Jesus. I mean, let me just get there. (laughs) But he says that he will reward in heaven. And that story that Jesus told talks about the, the reward being actually authority and rulership of cities and nations and being a prince or uh, and so actually the the reality is there will be rewards in heaven the bible does not go into detail on what those rewards will be you can't find that that in there but let me just reflect on them and think about them god has created good works for you to do he's given you talents how are you going to invest them and it's not about comparison. It's not you have to do the same as me or me the same as you. What has God put inside of you? What talent has He given you? Be faithful with that talent. You know, the widow's might. There was a rich man who gave loads of money. Jesus saw the, the the woman give two talent, two, not talents, two little dimes or whatever they were. Jesus said that is better work than what that is because she was faithful with what she had been given. God calls for a faithfulness. But that isn't all it teaches about rewards. We're taught about the rewards in heaven. But then later on, chapter 6 of Matthew, still in the Beatitudes, It says this, it talks about giving, so it says, in your giving, uh, make your giving secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then it says the same thing about prayer. It says in verse, it's probably on there, the father who sees, verse 6, will reward you. And then it says it about fasting a bit later on. The father who sees in secret will reward you. The thing about our eternal perspective is that I believe Jesus tells us that we can draw that eternity into the today. It says it here in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe as we grasp that, your kingdom come on earth today as it is in heaven. As we grasp that truth, the rumbling of the helicopter comes across. As we grasp that truth, we can see eternity breaking out in the world today. We can see people restored. We can see people healed. We can see transformed lives. We can see the kingdom come in greater measure. We can see God providing for us in amazing ways. We can see God breaking through on this earth today because he rewards what? He rewards obedience to him. And he has called us to obedience. And a word that I prefer is blessing, but Jesus says, I will reward you. I'm more comfortable in blessing because it's like freely given, but actually it's As I am obedient, God rewards me for my obedience. Are you being obedient to what God called you to to on this earth today? Because you will see the reward of the Father as you dwell in him, as you spend time with him. I said at the beginning, you know, the more you get to know God, the more you realize that he's an abundant God. And actually, the more you come alongside this abundant God who's your father... Who's adopted you as his child, he overflows. (laughs) He's an overflowing, abounding God. He doesn't run out. And he wants to overflow. That's his desire. He wants to overflow into our lives and into this world. He wants to overflow. Into this place. He wants to overflow through you, into your neighbors, into your friends, into your family. He wants to overflow into your workplace. He wants to infl- overflow in whatever your mind, in, in your families. He wants to overflow. He wants to overflow. He wants to reward, and he, he just calls obedience. And he just says, Read my word and, and do what I say, and I will overflow as you spend time with me. God is a God of abundance. God is a God of abundant power, and he knows your needs, and he loves to give you good <laughs> gifts. He loves to reward your obedience and stepping out. And to help you, I, I'm just going to share a, a story. So my wife, Zoe, I, I've got a wife, she's called Zoe, got two children, uh, Naomi and Joshua. One's five, one's two. Um, it's a f- fun life we live. But a number of years ago, Zoe had finished university. Um, she did theology at King's, and then she was working for Tiffan part-time and working for um, the church one day a week. And she, her job at the church was to help get a project started with asylum seekers. God has given her a real passion and heart for asylum seekers. Now, as she worked with asylum seekers, she realised that, Biggest need was legal representation. Good, solid legal representation. And so she's like, I want to become a lawyer. (laughs) I feel God's stirring this in me. If this is the need and that's what God's open, then that's what I want to do. And I was like, yeah, but that costs 10 grand. (laughs) We're just out of university and like we're doing basic jobs. And then we also had a friend who we've known since high school she's not a christian and this friend has every year that i've known her me and zoe grew up together i'm going to fess that up um, we had this friend and in year 9 year 10 year 11 every every holiday this girl would go off and uh, do kind of shadowing at law firms and had all this experience and all this and she just said you'll never get into law <laughs> You'll never get into where you want to be. It won't happen. The, the doors will be shut to you. You don't have any experience. And so we had this, didn't have any experience. We didn't have any money. What do we do, God, with that? But it kept coming back. And it kept coming back at us. I think God wants me to do this. So we went away, and we went away on a, um like a student and 30s kind of weekend away. And Dave Stroud was teaching. Dave Stroud used to head up the, the London network of uh, New Frontiers. But he was speaking and he said that, oh no, sorry, let me back up one minute. On the Friday night that we got there, we prayed, okay, God, if this is you, you need to speak clearly because this is a big risk for us if we're going to do this. Dave Stroud gets up on the stage. It still brings tears to my eyes today. Gets up on the stage today and he says, I believe God is calling people into politics and law And and there's one thing that is holding you back, and it's finances for it. Isn't it incredible? God knows you intimately. He hears your prayers. Your prayers go up before him. He he sees it. But even at that point, we had a choice. And our choice was, do we be obedient and step out and change everything and take risks? Or do we stay in the comfort of what we're doing on the tracks that we're on? Zoe was having an interview for a better job at Tier Fund with more money and, you know, more possibilities. And, and then she got applied for this job at a law firm in London, which was paying like a quarter of what we, she was earning. It's Like, okay, God, we need more money, not less money. But God opened the door. And it is one of the leading law firms in the area of law that she's working in. And our friend was like, what? And it was a basic job, and it was a starter job, but God opened the door for it. But that made the situation a bit harder because we didn't have the money to pay for the course that she was then going to do. But we just saw again and again God provide. Again and again. Envelopes through door, gifts from people, tax rebates. Just um, like ways that we'd never think the course gave her money off. God provided, and... I think it was five years later she finished that course and we were completely debt free, no debt whatsoever. She was flying and on the road to what she's doing today. God loves it when you step out in obedience to him and he rewards it with faithfulness and kindness and provision and abundance and he is a good father (laughs) and he sees your needs and he knows your needs and he He wants to overflow into your lives.